All right. Uh, so today we're talking to Caspars. Uh, Is that correct, Caspars? Yeah, Caspars. And you're the CEO and founder of Whimsical? Uh, yep. What is Whimsical? Yeah, so Whimsical is a collaboration hub for teams. Mm -hmm. uh, and we sort of combine uh, different modes of collaboration in, into this one workspace. So we have visual collaboration for diagramming, for whiteboarding. We have uh, documents, text collaboration, so that's for things like knowledge base, and also we have projects component. Mm -hmm. And uh, why did you start to work on this project? I've been thinking about it for something like 20 years, basically since, uh, since early 2000s when uh, the sort of this notion of uh, decentralized work was kind of starting starting to mm -hmm. appear. It was still very early on, but like uh, internet uh, and, and, and these kind of first tools uh, built for collaboration uh, mm -hmm. kind of opened uh, just new ways of working. Like in, in early 2000, I was working with a team in, in uh, California uh, while I was back in, uh, in, in Latvia. And, mm -hmm. and then I joined, uh, joined another startup where had one founder in, in Canada, another in uh, Germany. And it, it was pretty obvious early on that this is the future. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, it was still kind of in, in early days, yeah, there was still a lot of like things that were not very efficient, like technology wasn't quite there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I kind of was observing the space uh, while also working kind of professionally uh, in engineering and, and, and product uh, roles. And uh, yeah, it's it, it felt like there are still some gaps uh, how, how things could be improved. Uh, and and uh, yeah, around 2017, I was thinking about doing something new. Mm -hmm. and, and figured that maybe it's finally uh, time to kind of see if, uh, see if we can build uh, build some new tool which makes some part of this kind of decentralized collaboration better. Mm -hmm. Right. And when you decided this, you bet everything to do in Clojure, right? So there is a front end up in Clojure, uh, which yeah. I think it's the, probably the majority of the code because it's a very front end heavy. And then you have backend, I guess, also in Clojure, right? Yeah. And why did you decide on Clojure? Uh, it's uh, it was just very pragmatic and practical choice. Um, maybe I'll, 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 I'll take a step back and, and just mm -hmm. like uh, a little bit of like philosophical mm -hmm. uh, context. Like I've been programming since. I was 10, so that's uh, a bit more than 30 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm pretty much kind of have had some experience with every kind of imaginable uh, approach to programming. So mm -hmm. all the way from kind of like basic uh, to assembler to C++ to uh, like more advanced languages and so on. Mm -hmm. uh, but most of my professional career, you know, at least uh, in, in my first 
uh, first kind of half of professional career uh, was when uh, Java was kind of this like big thing and everybody was trying to do Java. And uh, it's uh, what it's it sort of, and then back then I was still mostly just doing programming and, 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 and also uh, some management, but it sort of felt like it, it's not the right tool for, for anything. Mm -hmm. it, it, it felt like, yeah, it works. It's kind of the sense that you are always fighting it. Mm -hmm. And it's mostly because like it, it, it has all these ceremonies, sort of this, right? I would I would describe like the the way I felt about it, and uh, and this is a lot to do. Like I don't have a very kind of scientific way of describing my issue with this, mm -hmm. for instance, job. But it, it's all about the intuition, and when you've been doing kind of something for so mm -hmm. long, certain kind of you have certain intuitions that just feels very strong, right? And 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 that was my kind of intuition about Java is that this is just, uh, it, it's not right. It, it's sort of like this language, which is like the lowest common, tries to be the lowest common denominator of everything. Right. And, and plus those are huge issue. And, and, and nowadays I think this is what you see in JavaScript is, it's sort of when it gets too big, like it starts to kind of become this, uh, it gets polluted with all these bad, bad ideas and bad concepts mm -hmm. that never get kind of removed. They just sure keep yeah. keep getting at it. Like in Java's uh, Java uh, Java world, probably like the, the the worst things that happened was all these kind of enterprise sort of patterns like factories, factory of factories, and like mm -hmm. all that kind of bullshit. And, and it just kept getting more and more uh, crazier. Mm. And, 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 right. and it's, it's kind of, if you work on Java and, and, and this is like the dominating kind of theme like that you see everywhere, it, it just, it, it, it feels like so wasteful and, and, and mm. you kind of almost constantly need to, need to fight it. Mm. Uh, and, and, and yeah, I think it's, you can sort of see similar problems, different types of problems, but same same issue in, in JavaScript like system, which is it's just so big that it's becoming hard to kind of like be pragmatic and effective in that world, unless you kind of completely shut out the outside world, kind of pick something that works and, and, and then just yeah. kind of try to try to operate in that uh, like isolated environment but that's that's kind of not great mm -hmm. like communities is probably I would say the most important part of, of, of any language like mm -hmm. you can come up with the best best theoretically the best language in the world but like if you don't have community uh, around it uh, then it's sort of Pretty like right. it's just theoretical exercise. It, it, mm. it it's not really valuable in, in, in right. any practical sense. Uh, so, how did you land on closure? Was it because of the community? Were you connected to anyone? Or uh, it's uh, so I think I first came across uh, 
across it in 2014 or mm -hmm. yeah, 2014. And it, it was, again, we had uh, in this team which had adopted uh, Java and, and, uh, and some kind of, I think it was Groovy, uh, sort of mm -hmm. some kind of Another JVM Java language. that wants yeah. to be Ruby or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And uh, it, it was like pretty messy. I mean, there, there were some parts that were, were, were decent, but uh, it's, I don't know. I guess I was, in, in a way, I was just tired of, of mm. writing Java after 15 or so years. years mm -hmm. and, 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 and just was looking for, okay, like there must be, there must be something uh, more sane, something that's kind of much more focused and, and, and have a strong uh, philosophy behind it. Mm -hmm. And I believe we, we looked at a bit at Scala, but that was also, it just didn't feel right because it, it, it was too big, it was too theoretical. There were too many ways to do, do the same thing. It, it's, it's, yeah, it just didn't feel right. And then uh, Clojure, I guess Clojure at first was also kind of quite alien because like Lisp was one thing I haven't had experience before. And, and mm -hmm. uh, like, it's, it's definitely it's a, like, if you don't invest a little bit of time getting comfortable with it, 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 it can feel very alienating. Mm. But then kind of once you get past it, uh, like the core, of closure and I mean this is both uh, kind of can be said about Lisp in general and then closure in particular that just has this beauty of, of simplicity and, and just very focused and I guess one like one way to, to think about it and then this is something I didn't realize immediately but after a while is closure is a sort of language which you can actually fit into your head mm -hmm. uh, and this is not, I don't think this has ever been true about something like Scala or, 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 or even, uh, even Java, uh, because it's, it's, it just, right. I guess it, it requires this discipline of like what Clojure has of, of this core team, which is super conservative about like adding stuff. And that's, it, it's not obvious, but to me, it's, it's extremely valuable is you can actually, you have this language and you can pretty, you almost never need to look up, like you need, never need to Google how to do something. I mean, when you use some library, of course, like you won't remember like every little kind of thing about every library you, you need to use, but like core language, you virtually never need to look mm -hmm. up anything. And uh, yeah, and then like that's sort of one aspect, but there are a number of, it's just closure has this magic of like letting you basically move at the speed of thought. Mm. And, and ultimately that's to me has always been the most, most important thing. Like mm -hmm. it's not like the, Magic of programming is not the programming itself. It's it's what you can achieve with it, and like if you can do 
something faster and that's almost always better because right. like you can sure. build something faster you can change something faster you can iterate faster mm-hmm. and, and and that's also ultimately what was a huge uh contributing factor to us kind of getting whimsical um to like the first session of product to starting uh starting actually uh to generate some revenue make make some money and in mm-hmm. like that way kind of being able to uh, to uh continue uh growing the business without uh, yeah. attracting any outside funding right so you have the idea you have your technology that you want to pick and how did you start the company how did you decide it's like okay i'm just going to go on this did you quit your job or what's the what's the story behind yeah yeah it's uh I mean, I, I had a little bit of savings mm-hmm. uh, enough to get me through maybe a year or two. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it's just a matter of, well, this is not so much about closure programming, just starting your own business. Sure. Uh, you, you can't do that. You, you need to have some confidence in yourself. Uh, and yeah, just do, what's, do what needs to be done, kind of focus try to mm-hmm. try to kind of see like what's the next uh, next it, right mm-hmm. yeah well, what's the next kind of thing you need to to reach and and just kind of be focused mm-hmm. and, and 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 sort of getting there and then sure. kind of think about next step right and uh, apart from technology what were the the biggest cha- or, well i don't know if actually technology was the challenging part were there any other parts that you like struggle with the most while like trying to pull the business along? I mean, technology was definitely, and, and still today is, is a challenging part because like Whimsical is the type of product where you always kind of need to push boundaries of, of, of what's like possible uh, mm-hmm. in, in, in like in, in browser. And uh, I guess the other thing is, is always like, is this kind of, when you build a new product, you, you sort of, you don't have data, you, you just have opinion. Mm-hmm. You have opinion that, okay, like there is this type of product that nobody has built. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and like, if I build it, then uh, like some people will, will want to use it. And, and you don't know that for sure. It, it's just like, you, you kind of may, uh, need to make this, uh, leap of faith right and 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 get it to some point where you can actually show to show to people and, and mm-hmm. hopefully some of them will it will resonate enough uh, and, and they will start using and then you can kind of start having some date like mm-hmm. what's missing what needs to be improved and so on yeah. uh that's it's perhaps the hardest part because like in programming at least everything is most of the time you have a lot of control I mean, mm-hmm. there are things like you always operate in some environments which are a bit of black boxes and you don't always kind of have full understanding why something works or not. Mm-hmm. But mostly you still have a lot of control. Mm-hmm. Like the in kind of figuring out like building a new product, you don't really have control because like it all depends on, on like whether customers will want to 
like right. resonate or not, and you, you you cannot control it. You just need to kind of trust yourself and and, and be able to, well, probably be ready to to fail in, in, in a lot. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I guess it's that's psychologically probably the hardest part, but um, mm -hmm. not necessarily the hardest part in in terms of doing. Just it's always like right. every everybody who's ever tried to do that will will tell you that like. You, you definitely have a lot of doubts during that process and and uh, uh, it's just like a matter of getting over it and not kind of giving up or or not kind of the other things that can happen is you have the right idea but those doubts are strong enough that you convince yourself that that's not the right idea and you kind of jump to another idea and and then another idea and, and that way kind of it's very easy to kind of dilute focus, end up not getting anywhere. Right. Uh, and when it comes to like, so you're, you're bootstrapping this, right? This is obviously not, I, I feel like this is becoming like a, a startup episode, like how to sort of start a company in, in terms of like talking about closure. Uh, but you obviously bootstrapped this, right? You didn't have any venture at this point. We, so we bootstrapped it for first four years and, and right. then ended up, uh, well, that's another longer story, but we did raise some uh, money ultimately right. last year. Right, right, right. Uh, and when you bootstrap this, when was the moment for you feel like, okay, this is really taking off, I need to build a team, and what's the process of doing this? It's, uh, I think it was about a year after I started working on it. So mm -hmm. for the first half a year, I worked my own, then uh, Steve uh, joined me as a co-founder, his designer. Mm -hmm. And then uh, half a year later, it felt like, oh, well, it was still, I don't know, maybe $5,000 uh, in, in uh, MRR. Mm -hmm. So not a lot, not enough to uh, like pay salaries, uh, right. at least in, in, in US. But there was clearly a date that this is growing. And, and and at that point, that sort of gave us confidence to like start kind of looking for uh, for early team and and uh, yeah, and then by end of the year we we were four people already, and mm -hmm. at that point it it was sort of we could already start uh, start paying uh, some salaries and and mm -hmm. then just kind of patiently right. grew from there. Yeah, what actually struck me about Whimsical, so I read a couple of the blog posts you have uh, on your website in terms of like how you sort of, uh, how you build the culture and stuff like this. Uh, how do you approach this? How do you approach building a culture in a company? I guess you just need to think about it from like day one. Mm -hmm. And I mean, culture is, is, I don't even think you can build it. You can just sort of, nudge it in, mm -hmm. in, 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 in some, some direction or another, but it, it's, it, it's mostly just, well, at least in, in, in first few years, it, it's mostly about how people and especially founders behave in company. Mm -hmm. I mean, culture is essentially behavior of, of people mm -hmm. and, uh, so you need to be very conscious about like especially as founder about your like how you behave like 
what kind of message are are you uh, sending people with your behavior? Mm-hmm. And then equally important, like what kind of people you bring aboard. And and uh, means the one shortcut there for the second part is it, it, it just like hire people uh, you already know. And, and for that, of course, you this works like for me, it was a little bit easier. I've been in the industry for a couple of decades, so I had some network. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, right. It's probably much harder if, if you are kind of you can't really work anywhere or, or, or very, but even a few years at, at like good company can be enough to build some network, like know some people you, yeah. you sort of can, you know what to expect from them. Like, can you, can you trust them? Can, can, can they, uh, are they decent human beings and, and right. so on? Mm-hmm. And, uh, was this the first sort of, uh, product enclosure that you built or? Did you have your network with people that also want to use Clojure? Or I guess my question is coming to, was it difficult to convince some developers to use Clojure? Not not particularly. Uh, I mean, so some, we use Clojure at the previous place I worked at. Mm-hmm. And, and, and some people from that team kind of were very kind of interested in joining uh, Whimsical. And mm-hmm. so we have a few of those, but there we also had a couple early engineers who uh, also came through a network. We knew that they were great, but they can't kind of have any experience disclosure. Mm-hmm. That didn't prevent, I mean, I think they were pretty comfortable uh, after a couple months uh, mm-hmm. of, of joining. I mean, they, they came from more of uh, JavaScript, like front end background. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, so let's maybe roll back to the technology a bit uh, for the technology. So in the front end, there is reframe and you also have your own. So the whimsical is, I would say it's like you have a canvas in your browser where you can like move elements around. It's very interactive uh, and it's also very polished. I remember first time using the application, I was blown away and then I learned this is done in Clojure and I was like, okay. And uh, so, how? What are the other components on the front end application? I mean, the core application is is pretty much like what you would expect a typical a typical uh, closure script application. Mm-hmm. Ended up evolving the reframe to the point where it's nearly its own kind of. There is mm-hmm. a little bit of reframe under the hood, but it's almost like a, a, a completely new library. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, I mean. Fundamentally, it's same same as reframe. Uh, it's just different. Like we optimize for a bit different ergonomics. Um, Reagent, of course, uh, which is like Reagent is probably the coolest uh, part of the closure uh, closure script ecosystem. It's just like first time I saw it, and and, and then just it was like such a fresh breath of air, like how, how like you can build this UI by just writing simple component functions that, mm-hmm. that renders uh, the actual uh, uh, HTML. And uh, yeah, I mean, we do have a, a something a bit more custom. So we had this evolution for, for Canvas stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that's the, the hard part in browsers where like there's, it's, it's uh, I mean, you always, 
want to try to kind of make it faster and faster and always kind of hitting these various bottlenecks in browser. Like initially, we, it was pure SVG, and then we sort of used like reagent under the hood to, to, to kind of generate SVG. Mm-hmm. That kind of worked, but uh, like it didn't really scale fast because like SVG is still dumb, and, and, and dumb like once you get over 1,000 nodes, like it gets super slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we kind of moved to, to the economist and, and already like that was pretty much all custom. Like it didn't have any kind of, it, it had a bit of like reagent use of these atoms and, and those things under the hood, but mostly it was kind of, it's almost like implementation, sort of lightweight implementation of DOM. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, and then now we are kind of also moving like third phase, moving it to FGL uh, because 2D Canvas also has, like it's essentially what's called, I believe, intermediate mode rendering where for every frame you kind of need to redraw mm-hmm. every object that's on, on uh, visible on Canvas and, and that doesn't really scale past kind of thousand or so objects as well. Mm-hmm. And then WebGL is sort of what kind of gets you to the next level, but like again, it comes with all kinds of uh, new new complexities. Mm-hmm. So is that the transition that is happening now, or this is already that you figured out? Uh, like Web WebGL is sort of I don't know eighty percent there. Mm-hmm. So did you build some kind of like a wrapper around this that is more idiomatic for closure or? Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty custom. Like it's, uh, there might be some stuff that's generic, but it, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's relatively custom to, to our specific needs. Mm-hmm. You feel like there's some kind of a points that you would like to highlight from your side? I guess like just quickly going back to your uh, to, to previous uh, mm-hmm. topic we touched on, on, on closure and, and, and building team yeah. uh, like this being for us very uh, I think very beneficial that like everything is in closure mm-hmm. it's because it's it serves as this very uh, effective filter for kind of people that uh, apply and and, and are uh, attracted and then I mean obviously closure is much smaller uh, language in terms of like people who know uh, know it and, and use it uh, than like some of these major languages uh, but same time like it's pretty clear that people who know closure are typically like uh, almost universally very, very experienced and, and kind of just generally good programmers who mm-hmm. like looking for something you better. Want, it's very rare that you would pick up closure just randomly. You you kind of need to consciously like get to it. I mean, sometimes it could be because yeah, somebody at your work started using closure and then you just had to contribute something in your sort of force. But most of the time, it's you kind of arrive to it because, uh, yeah, because you were curious and, and you were always kind of looking for better ways to kind of uh, improve your craft as a programmer. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, and I mean that 
sort of means that we never really had a, a real, at least so far, uh, a real issue of finding great talent. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it, it it does come with one caveat that like you also, if you want to kind of be cheap, then probably it wouldn't work. But mm -hmm. if you if you kind of if you can afford to offer like market level salaries, then like closure is yeah, it's 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 been just such a big advantage in, in terms of attracting uh people. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, so as you mentioned from the beginning, you bootstrapped the business yet last last year you decided to go uh, for a founding round. What was the main motivation behind this? Essentially, we 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 felt like to get business to next level, or or mm -hmm. kind of try to realize like full potential of what Musica could be. This ultimately felt like the best option to actually attract funding. The context there was that we when we started Musica in 2017, we were kind of thinking like long term that we are building this application for sort of this future where most of the work uh, will happen in, in the centralized way. So people yeah. working remotely in, or, or from different offices. But in, in 2017, it was still a, a bit of like very early. Like there were very few companies that were kind of fully, fully remote, most of them small. And there right. are maybe a few exceptions like GitLab. Uh, and uh, and, and, and like that was also like why I thought like right thing, uh, right way to approach it is through bootstrapping where it will probably like we will start building something then maybe in 10 years this will become mainstream and, and then we'll have like a Zoli right. foundation to, to, to really like grow in that market. But of course, like because of pandemic, uh, things kind of accelerated uh, quite a lot and, and, and like everybody was forced to to be remote for a while and, and, and now I mean there is some bonds back but like a lot of companies still uh, will probably permanently uh, stay centralized from now on mm -hmm. and because of that like markets kind of grew much faster uh, than like it made sense for us like if we just get bootstrapping it was uh getting hard to kind of keep up with it and, mm -hmm. and like fast growing markets also attract a lot of competition. So we, we had to keep up with it too. And yeah, uh, yeah those, those were kind of main inputs and it was definitely not an easy, easy, easy decision. Like we, I would say the hardest decision uh, I've ever made professionally, but mm -hmm. uh, we, I don't regret it now. Like it's been, uh, it's been like there's new challenges, but also it's uh, it has helped us to kind of build out like the team, so so we can really tackle uh, uh, tackle the market at new scale. Yeah, uh, and coming back to attracting the talent, are you hiring now? Uh, yeah, we are. We uh, I believe. That's one question I, I need to double check, but I believe we have a front-end uh, closure engineer position open and, and perhaps also a back-end. Mm -hmm. 
it's uh, uh, fully remote, so uh, Europe mm -hmm. and, and US. Right. And if uh, if there would be anything that you would see that person should have a part, I don't know, understanding a closure and stuff like this, what are the main things that you're looking for in a person when you do like an interview? That's maybe not, uh, I'm not the right person to answer okay. it. Uh, but I mean, for, for me, the, the, the main thing is always like, is, is, is a person like first principle thinker. Uh, so mm -hmm. like kind of can figure out problems from scratch in, instead of like kind of relying to, 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 to some like stack overflow code snippets for, for everything. And, and mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's not a bad thing to do. Like, uh, I do it all the time, but it's, uh, I think closure more than any other language is kind of encouraged like first principle thinking where mm -hmm. like it's, uh, you don't have like, like J JavaScript, for instance, as, as a counter, uh, our counter example is famous for these like, I don't know, one line libraries or, or, right. or three line libraries, stuff like that. And, and, and I mean, it's, it's enclosure word. It feels like completely kind of, right. You would never imagine something like that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't know how to explain it better, but like yeah, I, first, yeah. mm -hmm. first principle thinking and, and then craftsmanship, like really caring about what you do. Those are kind of the important things. Yeah, totally makes sense. Right. Since closure is also so expressive in a way that you get, I guess, the most amount of bank for a line of code. Totally makes sense just to write the code yourself instead of relying on another library doing some tiny thing for you. Yeah. Um, cool. Will there be anything else uh, you would think it would be worth talking about? Uh, no, I think we covered quite a few things. Cool. Uh, any advice to anyone doing similar things, starting to either bootstrap their business or doing closure? I guess that's advice. <laughs> bootstrap your business if you can, <laughs> and, 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 and use closure if you can. Uh, well, I, Again, it's uh, uh, advice is any advice is useless without context. So it's I I, I would take it back. Like I, I wouldn't say like everybody should do this. Yeah. But like in 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 a given context, like if you're already no closure, mm -hmm. and if you have at least some ability to like work without pay and, 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 and you kind of have business where it's realistic to maybe build out the first version you can start selling in, 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 in a half year or, 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 or a year. Then yeah, well, this bootstrapping and enclosure is, is the way to go. And, and, uh, bootstrapping is also, if you can pull it off, the best way to raise capital because like, investors will come to you, uh, rather than other way around. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and talking about closure, whimsical and building your own uh, business or bootstrapping your own business. Yeah, my uh, pleasure. All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, consider supporting it by rating it on your platform and telling others about it. You can also support it directly by buying subscription at closure.stream 
or sponsoring it on GitHub Sponsors. All the details in the show notes below.